Girl Podcast, we review whether or not you should use fresh frozen plasma in your critically ill veterinary patients. Do you use fresh frozen plasma in your practice? What clinical situations prompt you to consider its use? Bleeding patients? Patients with prolonged clotting times? Patients with hypoalbuminemia or pancreatitis? Before we discuss our use of fresh frozen plasma and the evidence, or lack thereof, behind it, let's make sure we're all on the same page about what fresh frozen plasma is. It's plasma that's been separated from whole blood and frozen within eight hours, and it contains not only our coagulation factors, but also anticoagulation factors, fibrinogen, albumin, and alpha macroglobulins. Once it's frozen, it can be stored for up to one year, after which it becomes expired plasma or just frozen plasma, which still has its uses. In general, human and veterinary patients are administered fresh frozen plasma for two main reasons, either to stop active bleeding or to prevent it. Interestingly, the use of fresh frozen plasma in human medicine continues to grow, and a large proportion of patients receive it for prolonged clotting times alone, even though they don't have evidence of clinical bleeding or perceived risk of clinical bleeding. These critically ill patients are of particular interest in both human and veterinary medicine, since little evidence exists to support giving them fresh frozen plasma, yet so many of us continue to do so. Not only is fresh frozen plasma costly, but it's also associated with risks, including reactions that can range from mild to life-threatening, such as transfusion-associated cardiac overload, often called TACO, and transfusion-related acute lung injury, often called TRALI. Because of these reasons, it's important to understand when we should, and when we shouldn't, administer fresh frozen plasma to our patients. So Bjornall, out of University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine, discuss the physiology of the normal coagulation system, what happens in disease, associations between coagulopathy and risk of bleeding, and evidence in human and veterinary medicine to support or refute the use of fresh frozen plasma in critically ill patients. While the classic model of coagulation, which involves two separate parts of primary and secondary hemostasis, is helpful for understanding coagulation testing, a newer model of coagulation is more accurate in terms of what actually happens in the body. This model is called the cell-based model, and it involves three overlapping phases, initiation, amplification, and propagation, and two cell types, tissue factor-bearing cells and platelets. The cell-based model provides a more global picture of how coagulation occurs in a number of overlapping steps involving primary and secondary hemostasis at the same time. The classic tests of coagulation used to look for hypocoagulable states are the prothrombin time, what we'll call PT from now on, and activated partial thromboplastin time, or what we'll call the APTT. These tests were originally developed to look for factor deficiencies in human patients with bleeding tendencies like hemophiliacs and to monitor warfarin therapy. Other tests include the International Normalized Ratio, the INR, in human patients, which is a standardization of the PT test, and thromboelastography, what we call the TEG, which provides a more global assessment of coagulation. Currently, PT and APTT are still the most commonly used tests in veterinary medicine for evaluation of hypocoagulability. In human medicine, prolonged clotting times are fairly common in critically ill patients, ranging from 14 to 28%, and are a strong predictor of mortality. While the incidence is unknown in veterinary medicine, coagulopathy of critical illness likely occurs for the same reasons. 
Widespread inflammation in the body triggers activation of mononuclear and endothelial cells, exposes tissue factor, and activates coagulation. At the same time, anticoagulant mechanisms become impaired. A tip in the balance of coagulation and anticoagulation ensues, with initial hypercoagulability followed by hypocoagulability and critically low levels of platelets and hemostatic factors. So, even though this happens, the bigger question is, are these patients at risk of bleeding when they become hypocoagulable? Should we give them fresh frozen plasma to try to prevent it? Evidence in human medicine suggests that the presence of coagulopathy defined by a prolonged PT, APTT, or both is not suggestive of a risk of bleeding. No evidence exists yet in our veterinary patients examining this association. Interestingly, human medicine evidence also suggests that the administration of fresh frozen plasma to patients with coagulopathy does not have any benefit if the patient is not actively bleeding. In veterinary medicine, very little evidence exists to support or refute the use of fresh frozen plasma, especially in critically ill patients. While hypoalbuminemia is an often cited reason for giving fresh frozen plasma, one veterinary study showed no difference in pre or post fresh frozen plasma albumin concentrations and since fresh frozen plasma contains a fairly small concentration of albumin, it is not a very effective means of increasing serum albumin. While the use of fresh frozen plasma for disseminated intravascular coagulation is often discussed in veterinary medicine, there's no evidence to support its use. And a study of fresh frozen plasma in canine patients with pancreatitis to replenish antiproteases revealed a higher mortality in dogs that received fresh frozen plasma although illness severity scoring was not performed. So, what can we take away from this Vet Girl podcast? In human medicine, the guidelines for use of fresh frozen plasma suggest that it should be reserved for patients with active bleeding and for patients with a risk of bleeding and a planned procedure that might cause that bleeding. While no guidelines exist in veterinary medicine and further studies are needed, there are associated costs and risks of fresh frozen plasma administration. Because of this, the potential risks and benefits should be considered very carefully before deciding to transfuse a patient with fresh frozen plasma. This clinical practice review suggests that in critically ill patients with a coagulopathy, it may not be appropriate to administer fresh frozen plasma unless the patient is bleeding or at risk of bleeding based on human guidelines and evidence. However, more evidence is needed in veterinary medicine to examine these questions. <laughs>